podcast. Movie, movie, 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 podcast. Are you getting this? Guys, there'll be plenty of time to talk about something with headphones. Don't worry. Welcome to the Movie, Movie, Podcast, everybody. Episode number 123. I'm your host, Tiggs. And with me for this momentous top 10 of 2020, the indoor 20s, 10s in... Here's Alex. Yeah, I gotta go fast. Russ. Uh, my spy comment. And Pete, Peter Petey. Uh, I, I forgot. I wanted to uh, practice Robert Downey Jr.'s accent from Doolittle. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would have been good. Uh, that would have been good. <laughs> I, know, I can't do it. Not important. Well, what is important, what is important is that 2020 is officially behind us. And we are on to 2021, but before we can say goodbye finally, before we can put a bow on it and be done with it and forget about it forever, we need to document it for all time going forward with our movie of the year 2020. Now, if you've been with us in the past, you know how this works. We're going to do a round robin style, 10 through 8, all around, then the next three, and then the next three, and then worst movie, honorable mentions, and our number ones. So this is traditionally our longest podcast. So we should just get right into it if I can go faster than this. Russ, I want to no. know your 10 through 8 more than anyone else's. Oh, my Lord. Oh, wow. That makes me feel so special. Uh, okay. So my number 10 of this year is a little film that came out this summer called Palm Springs. Nice. Uh, I don't know. I just, I had initially pretty high expectations of, uh, for Palm Springs. And then once all the critics said it was really good, they lowered. And then I saw it and they went back up. Uh, <laughs> so I went on a little bit of a roller coaster with this movie. I, I thought it did a really interesting, fun thing with the, groundhog day uh i guess that's a genre now and the fact that the movie balances like the science fiction element plus the humor and the drama of uh, of andy samberg and kristen uh, miliati's relationship i i just thought it, it worked on every level and it was a really tough high wire act to pull off I, it was the first time i saw Andy Samberg be somebody that I could imagine lives in an actual real world and not a sitcom world. <laughs> and I think it also was proof positive that Kristen Milioti like really should be leading more films. Uh, I, I know she's done a lot of TV and she did that really awesome black mirror episode, but I feel like everything in this movie works and it gets my 10 spot. Nice. Uh, Moving right along to my nine. Uh, if there's one thing you people know about me, it's that I like a tough watch. And my number nine is never, rarely, sometimes, always. Uh, basically, it's a movie about a girl trying to get an abortion. And it's... But what happens on the way might surprise you. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it is, you know, your classic uh, road trip to get a bobo. And it is really, it, it's so, so, it, it's so simple. And it highlights just the difficulty of, of regular everyday life, especially for a young girl. And there's parts of the movie that I don't know if, um, I mean, I'm sure it was intentional. It just shows that, like, if you're a, a teenage girl in the world by yourself for any stretch of time, you're a target. And it does that in a way that that's, that isn't kind of hitting you over the head, but the, the fact that the movie draws so much tension in really regular, like, sitting at a bus stop or whatever, um, I think is is really masterful work. No, no performances are really that big. This is, again, it's a really small, super indie movie, but everything about it works. And I think that more people should see it. And I, I, it's the kind of movie that I, I think people, as they moralize about the rightness and wrongness of a woman's right to choose, it's like, I don't know. Put yourself in the shoes of a, of a teenage kid. It's easy to moralize when your life kind of has is together, but it's yeah. way more difficult when you actually have conflict and you're young and like you know whatever. So really good movie. I highly recommend it. It is a downer. <laughs> and yeah. my eighth film is something that I hope someone has seen by now because this shit. I don't know if it was the pandemic or whatever but my octopus teacher y'all oh um, so pretty it was so nice it, it i've seen it now at this point yeah i don't understand why watching a weird dude just dive and in south africa and just connect with an octopus was so effing beautiful but i don't know i think uh what really makes this documentary as poignant for me is that it, it in, a, in a way that didn't seem corny it just really i think showed how connected we can be as humans to just another creature by stripping away all the rest of the bs that exists in the world and just kind of focusing on maintaining that relationship and i think that that's an allegory for how we connect with each other and a bunch of other things but it it was just truly beautiful. It was some of the most yeah. beautiful filmmaking I've, I've seen. And it affected me in a way that I, I do, I still don't fully understand. So for that reason, it made its way into my top 10 at the eighth spot. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's not that long. Nope. Please watch it, people. It's great. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah. I, I will say, um, I, I remember very much enjoying that movie. And uh, if if it wasn't for uh, the reason that I completely forgot that it came out until right now when you said that, it probably would have made my list. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird year. Yeah, it was a weird year. It was a weird year. So we usually spin it to whoever we want to hear from next. That's and true. because it didn't make your list, I'm curious to know, well, what did takes? What? Whoa, throwing it back at me. All right. It is 2020, the year of, man, I really hope things get better. And I'm looking 
to be kind of happy. So that's why we are starting with number 10. Is a little movie that was really dumb and I enjoyed so much, which was Love and Monsters. Um, because wow. there weren't that many great popcorn flicks that you could just sit down, make some junk food, and just get into. Um, and this one just worked on all of those levels for me. This is very much a Tiggs. Uh, I, I am going to the movies after work, and I am just going to enjoy and laugh at this thing uh, for the entire time. Uh, I the it was I fully went into this thing with the lowest of lowest of expectations, and came out just giddy and just so happy. And it was exactly what I needed during this year, where we cannot go outside. It was to see a bunch of other people outside, but they shouldn't have been because there were monsters everywhere. Um, and Michael Rooker. <laughs> Number nine is a little documentary that we didn't talk about on this podcast, but I did watch recently called Crock of Gold, A Few Rounds with Shane McGowan. Yes, that's right. The singer of the Pogues has a documentary all about him this year where he sits down with Johnny Depp, which is kind of weird, but sits down and has a conversation with Johnny Depp, with the filmmakers, with his wife. And man, when I talk about how I wanted to be in just a good mood. Oh, my yeah. God. You stayed that way after this, right? You, you guys, Shane McGowan, he is like 60 years old. He's in a wheelchair. He can't keep his head up anymore. He needs help doing everything, and it's so depressing to watch. But, <laughs> man, that guy has not forgotten anything. It's it's crazy, like, to, to see how how hard, you know, he lived, what he put his body through to the point where he is at now. But he does his mind is still, like, on point. He remembers just about everything that had gone on watching uh footage of of him like growing up in ireland uh and then and uh hearing stories about him moving um uh uh, uh to england and, and just everything that had gone on uh and and if you if you like the pogues it, it is well worth the watch um it, it's 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 touching it's it's beautiful it's it's very sad but it, does, it is does it fantastic. cover uh um the woman from the i can't remember her name the other singer that passed away. Yes, the, only briefly, um, because they do yeah. mention fairy tale uh, a little bit, yes, and, and he says, you know, he, he used to not like it, uh, especially after she passed away. Um, but then he mm -hmm. kind of uh, ended up seeing it as more of a uh, homage to her, uh, which was was very beautiful. Until the end of the movie, where he says that he hates fairy tale in New York, and then that's a very very <laughs> weird message um, from the beginning of the movie when he said the other thing. But. Um, uh, like his memory is not so great. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I take it all back. Uh, uh, my octopus <laughs> teacher, number nine. Um, no. <laughs> number eight. Um, I expect this to be on everyone's list, or at least most people's list. Is I think I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, probably a little lower on my list than, than most everyone else's. But uh, man, what a heady, crazy movie that only Charlie Kaufman could come up with made perfect sense in this year. And I still don't exactly know what happened and if the car is actually alive by the end of that movie. Um, what really happened. Uh, but it, it's a movie that that was fun to watch, even more fun to dissect. And then probably one of my favorite conversation pieces on this podcast of the year as we were all talking through it. And, and I think that that's really the thing that, that stuck with me with this movie more than anything is that like even as we're all apart, we don't really have the ability to, to go to the theaters and have like the true viewing experience that would have made this thing even probably greater uh, is if all, you know, all of us were in the theater watching this together and then like going out and like talking about it later um, is that we still got to have that 
IRL movie movie experience with um, over the the internets uh, by talking through uh, all of our thoughts uh, and feelings on I'm thinking of ending things. And with that, I'm thinking of ending this section because I have to, and I got to pass it off to Alex. Oh, who would have thought? Um, all right, guys. Uh, 2020 was a year um, I actually got to watch some movies. Woo. Uh, so this time, unlike most years where I'm like, oh, listen, my, my list is only three things long, and it's, I don't know, half an episode of Frasier that, that I caught the end of. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, Were we allowed to have Frasier episodes on this? I got to redo my list. Uh, they're, and they're thinking of bringing it back. Oh, yes. Um, awesome. No. Uh, I finally have a full list, and uh, I'm going to start mine at number 10, uh, much like Russ with Palm Springs. Nice. Um, this is one of my favorite time loop movies of uh, recent memories, and yes, Russ, that is a genre now, um, because uh, nerds willed into an existence. Uh, but <laughs> I keep thinking that I don't like Andy Samberg in things, and then he keeps showing me that i do um (laughs) this is this is one of those movies that again uh kind of similar to us that i started seeing all the buzz about and was so i didn't believe it to the point that like i kind of went into this movie with my arms crossed um expecting to to hate it but instead um this movie was fun it got the time loop montage right oh yeah which is important and you need that in every one of these showing a bunch of stuff that happens. Um, and it was just a perfect balance of just comedy, sci-fi, uh, romance that I just, um, I don't know. I, I, I ended up really enjoying it. Um, number nine is Wolf Walkers. Nice. Yes, Pete, I finally watched it. All and right. you're right. And I apologize. Um, this movie's really good. And, um, it's animation is beautiful. I've never seen anything by the studio before. Um, they did what was it, the secret of Kells. Is that the other uh, one? Secret of Kells, song of the song sea, of the sea and yeah. the breadwinner. I'm pretty sure all of them, except wolf walkers is on Apple TV plus, but I think the bulk of them are on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, I turned out, I still had a subscription to Apple TV plus. So extended <laughs> so, through July. Yeah. yeah. For everyone that bought phones last year. Yep. <laughs> it's accurate. Uh, yeah, this is, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really simple story and uh, kids movie. And I definitely went into this one also a little dickishly. I've been like, what is this? Just how to train your dragon. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's not. It's its, it's, its own um, cute, simple story. Um and yeah, I, I, I really end up really enjoying it. Um, which is how I'm just going to end all these, I guess. <laughs> You're kidding. You enjoyed uh, everything on your top 10. I, it's weird. Um, they're all going to strange apologies. And then they're going to end with, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and number eight is uh nomad land. Um, Francis McDormand is really amazing. And I thought that, um, there was definitely, again, <laughs> again, a lot of hype, but like, just the fact that she can take like such a, a a character and and make even the moments where she's annoying uh <laughs> make them endearing and just um able to convey just so much uh sadness and longing while 
going through the this this beautiful landscape and you know starting this new lifestyle as you know a, a van dweller um i thought this was i can see where where some people might take issue with like kind of i don't know i guess the the structure of it that it's not like you know it just sort of meanders i guess much like she does i was gonna say and yeah i don't know it's um i i i found myself just i could have spent it, it you know it's, it's the right amount of time for this movie um but i i could have watched much more of it just because i i wanted to see her keep going and i wanted to, to watch things work out and um the supporting cast is i don't know if this is mumble core ish where they just got like random people i don't know if they're they all did. professional yeah they did, they, they did. They did. Yeah. um yeah. a lot of real nomads yep yeah and i thought those people were just like they were all fascinating and they were all like and i i i wanted to see more of them david yeah. there and i thought was really uh was he was the only other actual actor in this i think but he's really yeah um yeah I don't know. I just really liked it. Yeah. I really... There it is. Yeah, there <laughs> it is. Up. All right, guys. Then, you know what, Peter? <laughs> I really like you, and I want to hear your movies. Um, well, I am Water. so so glad that Tiggs went first before me because he reminded me that my number 10 was wrong because the correct answer is Love and Monsters. Yes! I, I knew. <laughs> I, I, I was like, that's going to be Peter's number like, Just wait for number one. one when Hubie Halloween comes back for all of us. Oh, <laughs> Love, uh, Love and Monsters is the perfect number 10 slot. And I think it's it's a movie I think succeeds more so because I think when it starts, you might roll your eyes and be like, oh, this movie's going to be a little douchey. And I think it saves itself so many times yep. in such a lovely yep. and surprising way. And it kind of more of a surprising tone for this movie that I did not think it was going to have. Totally. And I think it does all the sort of tropes that you're expecting in the first five minutes. I think it just does it better than you thought it was going to. Um, very, very fun. To continue um, my list in a very uh, – someone already talked about this. My number nine is Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Um, it's just one of those movies that I think you – by the end of it, well, probably even by halfway through, I just started shouting in my own head for any man around her to stop looking at her and don't talk to her. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's – a horror movie at some points when you're just like, oh god, there's a man in the room. There's a man nearby, and it's terrifying <laughs> at that point. Especially, especially if you know anything about Port Authority bus terminal. Yeah, um, don't get me started. Yeah, so that's it's incredibly affecting, and the the titular scene is so burned into my brain now. Um, and as you said, incredible, subtle, beautiful performances, and what's something that is like. Incredibly difficult. Incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, yeah. Oh, and they just won't cut away in that scene too. You want them to oh. so bad. I still haven't seen this. This is I, I. This is the one I did not see. Oh man. Yeah. Um, it's a bad for, time. Yeah. Number <laughs> number eight for me is the start of. Well, it's it was 2020, so the rules are kind of different. One that got shunted over to hbo very very early on my number eight is bad education ah fuck yep forgot about that I one too. about that movie <laughs> i was i that's i was expecting as i said that for people to forget about it i kind of ignored i think granted i think best actor is incredibly a crowded category this year more so than it's ever been in the sense that you know, usually it's crowded because awards bodies nominate really shitty performances in this category mm -hmm. um 
but I think he plays such an interesting character in, in such an interesting way that we've never really seen before, uh, as we talked about it on the podcast uh, uh, a couple months ago. When did that pop up? Like September? On- no, I think that was earlier. I feel yeah. like we were... I, I, I think that was when we were still in last school year. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't know. But I think he, he is absolutely electric in that movie. And uh, as is the supporting cast, I love its construction. I love how much time it spends with the uh young uh journalism student um or journalist student uh and it's it's and it's one of those movies that i wish more people remembered <laughs> came out this year uh, yeah i loved it and it, it would make it would have made my list had i thought of it i also think it's one of the one of the you know how like people love to throw awards at alice and janney yep yeah. yeah i feel like this is one of those times where it's earned mm. She's, I feel like she's TV Meryl Streep, and <laughs> there's she she'll get love for things that I think oh she's kind of phoning it in, but I thought her her character was so great. I there was nothing, it was like borderline a perfect movie, but I don't think this movie would have gotten any traction in a real in theaters like yeah. at I, all. I don't. really don't. No, I don't know, how but it was great. Yeah, at all. <laughs> Um, I think it's perfect to be to be put on HBO, but it's as I said, it's just a shame that it feels like en masse we forgot about it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess people had a lot going on last year. Um, I guess I'm going to throw it. Uh, let's just reverse it. Uh, Round done. Okay. Well, my number seven is never, rarely, sometimes, always. Um, yeah. Uh, echoing everything everyone has said before, this is a the feel bad movie of the year. All right. Um, this is just you. You spend your time just with your heart breaking for this poor girl who is just so lost and scared, and things just continue to go wrong for her. She's facing bureaucracy and rules uh, that out of her control um, to try to get an abortion, and it's it's just it's 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 so just it's perfectly directed and acted and everything for the the subject matter and for you know these kids giving like you know i get kind of like the perfect teenage uh performances for these things like they you know are oftentimes just like yeah whatever and but you can tell that inside they're you know not okay um yeah i absolutely you know uh, i thought this is a fantastic film um and next uh number uh six i've got the invisible man nice um yeah, this is another tough one. <laughs> this, you know, taking a uh, a classic, um, you know, movie monster trope and turning it into a uh, a study about uh, abuse and gaslighting and control and uh, Elizabeth Moss. Um, I feel like whenever she's acting, <laughs> her character cannot catch a break. Also, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> I want to see her happy in a movie someday. That's that's that would be nice for twenty twenty one. But I think this is probably the best Blumhouse film ever made, um, and crazy to think that it's it's, it's from them. Um, and number five is uh, Sound of Metal. Um, you know, we talked about this movie at length before. Um, it's a fantastic look at um, you know a man going deaf and having to deal with that in his new life and accepting himself. And it's you know um, again another fantastic performance by Resumed and. Um, the supporting actor in that is incredible. I can't remember his name. It's Paul, I don't know how to. It's Paul Racy or Racy. I don't know how he pronounces his last name. Yeah, 
But yeah, we've talked about that enough before. And I'm going to mix this up and take it's going to you. To me? Yeah. All right. Number seven. I didn't mix it up at all. No, this is the exact opposite (laughs) order so far. Yeah. I realized that after I said it. It's a snake draft, baby. (laughs) Number seven for me is another documentary entitled Class Action Park. Which oh, yeah. just, again, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great documentary about a place that I used to see commercials for all the time. Uh, and I think that it holds a special place in my heart because that I think we all probably did. Well, maybe not you, Pete. Get out of here. Everyone else, though, we all saw uh, commercials for, for Action Park all the time. Um, and and kind of just like living through that, seeing what it was actually like, and then realizing, like, my parents were right to say no to going there. Um <laughs> It, it really it, it brings you back to to a time in like the late 80s early 90s uh and so it, it was it was just fun to, to kind of watch that and just see how truly insane that place actually uh actually was um number six is definitely my most watched movie of the year and if there was a uh a, if we had a um award for best scene of the year it would definitely be the song along but we don't so I'm giving it to Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga at number six, because there are very few movies that I enjoyed watching more than this uh, this year. I, I still listen to the soundtrack to this uh, constantly. I've watched that song long scene probably 30 or 40 times. Um, it's amazing. If you haven't seen it, it's hilarious. It's funny. Um, Will, uh, Will Ferrell is, uh, is great in it. Uh, everyone is great in this movie. It, it's... I just go watch it. And... Number five? Is that what I'm after? Yeah, number five is Minari, the old A24 Minari. When you go into an A24 film, you just expect everything to go wrong all the time. So when they show you that snake, you say that snake's going to come back and kill someone. Uh, when you, when, <laughs> half the time, you're, you're watching this, waiting, looking for the thing that's going to go and kill the people. You're just like, oh, well, that kid's got a problem with his heart. Oh, that's definitely going to end up killing him at some point. You know, there's there's... Just looking for everything to go wrong. And things do go wrong, but the family is still together at the end. And they're all still alive at the end, too. I was so happy. Um, (laughs) Uh, Heavy spoilers for a movie that's barely released. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you should know what you're getting into. Um, I very much enjoy it. I thought that it was... uh, It's fantastic. The, The performances all around from, like, a cast of, like seven basically except for like the church scenes like there there's barely anyone in this movie and and it's it, it's just yeah. so tight and close it's great um i don't think if i noticed his name in the credits i would have realized that was will Patton. oh yeah oh i did all right i should have i should have watched the credits because i didn't will realize Patton. it wait who's that he's um mike patton's, mike patton's brother, patton's brother. <laughs> <laughs> who's that man uh that's your daddy <laughs> <laughs> okay all right fun we're there now. All right. So it's like the drunk gambler is like, I'm going to space. <laughs> we don't talk about Armageddon. It, we don't talk about Armageddon enough. We should do that soon. Armageddon, Armageddon podcast. I'm into it. Let's I would do it. do it anyway. So that are th- those are my next three. So I'm going to keep it going in the order, I guess, since Alex kept it going and throw it over to Russ. No, you're making All it right. up. So my number seven is Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> My number seven, uh, every year there's a movie that's fucking creepy, and I love it. 
and this year it's Possessor. Uh, Dave, David Cronenberg's kid, Brandon Cronenberg's also a big fucking creep. Yep. And he made a beautiful little film about a woman who uh, assumes identities by putting her consciousness into other people's bodies to make them commit crimes and then uh, make them commit suicide so she can hop out of the body. You know, tells all the time. Yep. And it, while it is super high concept, I think that the performances by Andrea Riseborough as just this like woman who you clearly see has kind of dissociated herself from humanity by virtue of doing this job that you know basically you kill people and then kill those people that you're that you just killed those people with. So she clearly has like no real yeah. grounding with reality and watching her uh, kind of possess Sorry. Christopher or, Abbott's <laughs> character as he sort of fights that is one Christopher Isaac real uh, Christopher uh, Abbott really good indie movie actor I feel like that dude is in a I... bunch of stuff and he's always really good and this movie is awesome and it's dark as hell and it's I would only recommend this to uh, a select few but I think it's a great movie and more people should it... And not as much body horror as you'd think for a Cronenberg. No, but when she plugs that like plug <laughs> oh, into yeah. the, the head at the beginning and it shows a little oozy blood. Oh my god! I was yeah. like, no, you why you are so your father's son. There's not that much, <laughs> but when it's there, whoa, it's there. Yeah, yeah. not a lot, but he makes sure that it, that it happens. You know, um, he's like, I learned it from you, Dad. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so great movie uh check it out it's a uh, really bad time um <laughs> my number six is uh it's been on what one list so far uh no madland um it alex said a lot of things about it already specifically francis mcdormand's uh oh, character who y- you want to just be like what the hell are you doing, girl? Why? Yeah. What, what are you? What are you? What are, what, are, what are you trying to prove? Yeah. And I, I, but I think the movie kind of brings you around as you see this as like community of people who are who literally live on the margins. It's like, what if a Vice documentary was made into a movie almost, yeah. uh, in in good ways? But I think yeah. it it without being too uh, heavy handed, like a lot. This is what happens to towns. Like, like she ends up kind of becoming a nomad because a factory in her town in Nevada shuts down shortly after the recession. Uh, the you know the one ten years ago, not the one now. Um, and <laughs> got to get our recessions right. Yep. And it doesn't really overly politicize that, but people have to make hard and sometimes choices that you may not agree with. When uh, shit goes south, yeah. and I don't, I don't think I would do what she does. But you know, once you don't really have much left in your life, like you really can't judge her for doing what she does. I, 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 I really was hope, and, and you kind of know where it's going. And I don't want to spoil too much because it's another one of those barely out movies. But <laughs> I, I really wanted her to make some different choices. And oh yeah. She does it, but I think it's in line with who she was as a character. And it's 
it's a really beautiful, sad film about like what the American dream kind of is now. Yeah, and and I I really wish we'd gotten a because we didn't have an episode talking about this one, right? We did not know. No, no, I, I I really wish we had because I would have loved to been able to dive more in depth with it. But yeah, you're absolutely right, Russ. Yeah, and, and it's just great to to humanize people who we believe. Well, one people who one live on the margins, but two, like no job is beneath this woman in a way that uh, that isn't true for most people. I, I know more people who would rather get help from someone else or, or or something else rather than, you know, wash a toilet or work a minimum wage job. And it was, like, nice to just see that, yo, this, like, jobs are jobs. And some people find, like, honor in sort of waking up every day and having a purpose. And I don't know. I just, I, I think without, again, moralizing anything, it, it does a really good job of humanizing People who make choices that you don't. So that's my six. And my five uh, took me the longest to figure out, because this is a weird-ass year, and TV is movies, and movies is TV, so what better place uh, to put a movie like Small Axe, which isn't a movie, it's an anthology that came on TV, but they're films. (laughs) I really thought you were about to say you're baking me crazy, but here we go. Honestly, I I did love your baking me crazy. It was great. And... Small Axe is five because that's kind of like right in the middle of the list. And while there were some films within Small Axe that were among some of the best things I've seen this year, uh, like Lover's Rock and, and yeah. uh, Mangrove, uh, Alex Weedle and Red, White and Blue, while good, were a little more uh, just lowercase G good mm-hmm. as opposed to the uppercase G great of the other two. And then education's right in the middle. So I feel like as a body of work, it's it truly is fantastic. And it's no slight that it's that it's the fifth slot. These move like the fact that uh Steve McQueen can just produce so many uh different but similar films about the West Indian experience over a twenty year span in a sh- it's just the guy is just proved that he is one of the best living directors and it's not close. Yeah. And I think if you haven't watched these yet, they're on Amazon. They're all really, really, you don't have to watch them in any order, but I, I think you should try to get around to all of them. Uh, Cause they're just phenomenal films, but as a body of work, a phenomenal experience that I really enjoyed and taught me a lot about an experience I'm not that aware of as an American. So that's my five. And uh, let's just go to Alex's for the next ones and say, screw it, Pete. No, <laughs> I'm joking. Go. You're mixing it up. Well, another fun little way that this worked out. So number uh, six is, uh, sorry, my number seven is also small acts what russ just finished talking about nice um tv is movies uh as you said it's not a, it's not like because to put it anywhere on the list because if this was a list of the best achievements of the year it would be Steve yep accomplished. Um, it's incredible overall uh as, as you said like lovers rock one of my favorite things of the year it is just i don't i don't know how to balance all of this uh so this is worth it. skip over that um 
this is where Palm Springs slots in for me. Nice. At six. Um, I just rewatched this on Groundhog Day after Groundhog Day. Oh, smart. Um, and it works. I'm so happy. I was worried about watching it a second time, like how it would still come together, fit, delight, and affect me. And it really does not lose its umph. I think the opening 15 minutes before it really tells you that it's a time loop works so well and is so fun. And Andy Samberg's like enticing dance to Christina Milati at the first time we see the wedding is such a delight. Um, yeah, but we've heard about that a lot. Um, my number five, continuing on, um, stage shows are movies. Um, mm-hmm. And this is where David Byrne's American Utopia lands for me. Mm. Um, just an absolutely delightful couch experience that, like Lover's Rock, I'm just not sure what it would have felt like any other year or any other time. But for me, sitting watching this was just a beautiful, beautiful two hours. Um, and an incredibly directed stage show as well. I think absolutely. I think Spike crushed filming this. Hmm. Um, really, really great. Um, and that's my 765. Let's continue on this. Let's not mess with the order and go right back to Tiggs. Hooray! Okay. Um, my number four is a little movie called The Vast of Night. Now, if you love you some X-Files or some Outer Limits or some Twilight Zone then do yourself a favor, go watch The Vast Tonight. It's on, it's on Amazon now. I've already spoiled new movies. I'm not going to spoil this one that's been <laughs> available for months, um, but one that you can't even see yet I just spoiled for you, but not this one. Um, it, it, it's just this great homage to those, uh, those types of shows uh, within the 50s and, and, a, uh, and a strange sound and occurrence that's happening around. And you're, it, you're just going to have a lot of fun uh, watching it if you do like those kind of um, uh, sci-fi shows and, and movies uh, in a similar vein. Number three for me is where Palm Springs lands. Um, we've been talking plenty about it. Uh, I think that this was one of my favorite time loop movies since um, Happy Death Day, I guess. Um, which wasn't that long ago, so that's not really a big feat. But uh, I, I love Andy Samberg. Uh, I, I, so I, I was very happy to see him in this kind of role more than uh, I think uh, Russ had said it earlier, where it's like, oh, he doesn't feel like he's in a sitcom right now. Uh, and he kind of nails it. Um, you know, uh, even in Pop Star, which was like one of my favorite movies of ever, um, still kind of had that feeling to it. This one completely feels outside of that. And um, I, I think that, Palm Springs was just so much fun to watch and, and is something that I will uh, jump back to in, in like the early 2000s um, uh, indie movie feeling uh, that it is, which is, I guess, where those movies go to Hulu now. Um, and my number two, uh, I think, has been mentioned once or twice now, but it is The Invisible Man. Um, God, what a... Oh, man, what a watch. What an insane... Oh, man, this is a tough watch. This is a great watch. Um, To take one of the classic universal like horror movie monsters and completely spin it, do what they did to it, and just make it feel so terrifying. It's something that never should have worked. Like, we've we've talked about Dracula Untold. We've talked about, like, I, Frankenstein. We've talked about all of those crappy things. And then somehow, with, like... 
a minuscule budget when they just say, well, the Invisible Man, you just don't have to show him. That's kind of scary. And then they worked it into just this story about an abused woman uh, it, like uh, that's been being gaslit. It's so powerful and so strong. Um, God. The, the, the fact that like empty shots are the scariest ones of the year. You're just like looking at the window to be it. like, did something move? Did I see something yeah. move? Did, did yeah. like did did that turn, did something just turn on in the kitchen and like nothing happens? But it just it just leaves it there and it's just so terrifying. Um, I I think my favorite part the fa- my favorite decision of theirs was this wasn't like a science experiment gone wrong and then this guy decided to do this. Right, it's not Hollow Man. It's plan the entire time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh Ugh. God, creep. Anyway. Fantastic movie, horrible feeling. Alex, you go. Okay. Uh, my number four is Small X. Um, and it is this high because um, I think Lover's Rock is, again, because we're averaging these out. <laughs> Lover's Rock is like one of my favorite things to watch this year. Just like kind of what Peter said, like that American utopia, like these are things that like uh, they, who knows what, what you know again they said every other year would have done them but um for me it just just that 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 fun and that kinetic energy of 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 lovers rock was just so amazing um i thought the rest were were really good but again like this just as a whole package is um probably one of the um most impressive outputs we've seen in a long time and number three is possessor um man i could watch 10 of these movies of just more of this, like this world. Really? Fascinating. <laughs> yes. I, no, no. In, 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 even with how fucked up it is, I just think that they did such a, like, it's one of those less is more world building movies. Yes. Um, yeah, totally. And, and I thought that, um, is it Brandon Cronenberg? Yeah. 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 Um, I thought he did like a really great job just giving you enough about these people and, and everything around there that, that you just wanted to know more. And unfortunately at times <laughs> showed you too much. It, it, it's a, it's a wild ride. Um, and it's fucked up and it's disturbing. And I thought it was awesome. Um, number two is the most Alex movie, uh, for me that came out this year. Um, it's I'm thinking of ending things. Um, this is, it's sad and heady and, um, yeah, you can probably going to have like, uh, a thousand obnoxious drunk conversations about it. Um, but man, I just, I was just in the perfect headspace to watch this and just got sucked in. And, um, it's one of those ones where immediately when it ended, I want to watch it again to see what I missed. Um, and I love, like, like you mentioned, um, I just love talking about it and it's, um, yeah, I just thought it was a, yeah, right up my alley. Um, because every time that I read something else about it or uh, talked to someone about it, I, I found a new perspective uh, to look at. Nice. And I really enjoyed it. There you go. Pass it off, Alex. Oh, I'm passing. Oh, so, who's left? Is it Peter? Uh, me or Russ? I'm going to say ooh, Russ. Good choice. You got it, dude. Uh, so we're getting to the part where we're talking about stuff that we've been talking about. Um <laughs> Uh, so my number four is Sound of Metal. Uh, Riz Ahmed, uh, 
phenomenal performance uh, in a year that, again, that, that best actor is, is tough. I think he should be in there. I think it's a beautiful movie about addiction. I think the sound design is, is awesome. I love that the, the movie doesn't like put deaf people on display. Like, wow, look at these people feel bad for them, uh, which I really appreciate it. And I think, and Pete, you mentioned this in the podcast a couple months ago, or I guess a month or two ago that it uh, movies, it's probably one of the few movies to spend as much time in the bargaining phase. Uh, and I find that to be very, very accurate. I think, Sound of Metal is a phenomenal film that um, is worthy of every award that it has coming its way. Um, number three, uh, this movie from, held the number one spot for the longest stretch of the year. And uh, it it's we're in the 824 zone now because uh, First Cow is so effing good in a way that it's really hard to explain. I, I re- it's one of those ones that I recommend to everybody. Um, it, it, I think it does a really good job of just highlighting, you know, the world was really hard back in the day. Mm-hmm. And just like being in this country and trying to create a life for yourself, uh, not an easy feat by any stretch. Uh, those, those first people who migrated out west. So just sort of watching just the difficulty and simplicity of life back then I thought was, was really excellent. Uh, the music in this movie is, it doesn't get a lot of credit, but it's, it's really elegant and simple. And the, the, the relationship that the two leads develop, uh, as friends is just really beautiful. I think there, this is, there's not a, there's really not a flaw in them. Um, and, it was one of the last movies I got to see in theaters, so yep. it will forever hold a place in my heart as just a, a great experience because I don't know when the hell I'll ever see a movie in theaters again. And if I went out with First Cow being the last one for over a full effing year, uh, I couldn't think of a better movie except, except for the other movies that are on my list. Uh, <laughs> that will say <sing> <laughs> And lastly, and certainly not leastly, uh, it's out and available for you to watch. So if you haven't already, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, Promising Young Woman. Uh, this movie knocked my socks off. It. I don't know if anybody else has seen it yet. I have. Yep. Yeah. It. It. Uh. I. It's. It's. It felt. It's. It's. It felt. The trailers make it feel like it's a horror movie, and it—I mean, to some extent, maybe it is or it isn't. Oh, yeah. But I felt like it was there, like it found a way to take truly, truly dark subject matter, uh, like sexual assault, and find a way to make that. And I, this feels so crass to say, but like engaging and or like funny and biting. This is like got the sharpest wit of a movie I've seen in a really long time. And I think that more than anything, what I appreciate was the deftness of casting all these nice guys yeah. that we yeah. know as yeah. effing assholes. Yeah. And it, it, because 
it, it doesn't matter how nice you are and how nice you seem if you're the type of person who would and take advantage of or or say what we were just kids and all that stuff then you are a huge huge part of the problem and i think this movie without being preachy uh really it really made me feel like almost a little bit sick it uh especially as you get towards the end of it and i like that it was like oh you're uncomfortable uh that's your problem and i i just it I there there it's it's a it's a there's so I I don't I'm gonna stop because I could talk, I could gush about the movie <laughs> so it's really good everyone should see it if you didn't see it you're stupid it's available <laughs> this, this is one I wish we did an episode on too because yeah. it's just the, the way they like the way she plays with just tone in this is incredible because it yeah it it can take something and make you feel like shit and then make you laugh. Yeah. And then you make like, like and like using your expectations of of just of yeah. actors cast and like the uh, your knowledge of film like oh this is where stuff gets cute and it's like well maybe yeah right and then that <laughs> yeah, ending the... oh yeah so, so yeah it's uh it ruled how many hours would have our episode on Nomadland Minari and Promising Young Woman been. <laughs> Oh, really? oh, it would have never ended. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Yeah, we're still going. I just haven't cut it yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it was best that we didn't. <laughs> oh, sorry. For, I don't know us. why I was like waiting for Russ to tell me to go. It's my turn. It is your turn. Um, number four. This is where Minari slots in for me. Um, Do you want to spoil it too? Uh, here's my spoiler. Uh, get ready for the cutest little cowboy boots you've ever seen in your oh, entire so cute. Yep. Um, that kid ruled. Um, this oh, movie, yeah. that grandma rules. Yep. Uh, it's 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 beautiful, beautifully shot without ever crossing into the Ter- Terrence Malick line of like, okay, bud, we get it. Um, and I think the performances are are really fantastic, and it's just it. It's really one of those movies that is pitched so straight down the middle in terms of what it's doing that it's perfect. Uh, it, it, nothing huge. Nothing's that modeling. It's just, it's just it's good. It's life. Yeah. Love it's it. A beautiful little foreign film. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um, number three, Wolfwalkers. Uh, you're welcome, Alex. Let me know if you want me to suggest more movies for you. Um, do you have a podcast that I can listen to? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just to echo what I said in the episode again, like, it's just one of those movies that I think it adds enough peril yeah. during during the story beats you were expecting that it keeps you going towards the end. Um, and it's just, there's some incredible imagery that I that's just, like, stuck in my head. And, like, especially the scenes when the two uh, young girl leads are just hanging out. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Really, really can't can't recommend it go to a sh- better streaming surf- service than Apple TV. Um, <laughs> uh, number two is Sound of Metal. Uh, we talked about it a bunch. It's come up uh, twice already. This is just the movie that I, I just have the I just have scenes and their performances stuck in my head. There's so much of Riz Ahmed and Paul. I'm just gonna go with Racy's conversations that I can picture so much of 
Uh, and that's before you, you start to add in like the rest of this incredibly talented cast that, like Nomadland, have a lot of non-actors. Um, incredible. I, it's on Amazon Prime. If you yeah. haven't watched it yet, you're dumb, as Russ said, uh, about Promising Young Woman. Um, and that's my two. Uh, should I kick off um, uh, honorable mentions, or do you want to talk about worst first? Well, well, since you're the last one to go here before it, I think that you should choose which one we do next. Yeah, so let's just real quick. I, I'm just going to highlight, other than the stuff that we see on these lists, the two movies that I would highlight for honorable mentions are both stage adaptations. Um, I think both Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and um, One Night in Miami um, absolutely shine as films. Uh, didn't quite make my list, uh, but I think they're both they're both completely accessible. Go watch them. Netflix and Amazon Prime. Uh, the performances as well are really, really incredible. Um, I, I am so excited for the Oscar nominations just because all other awards shows nominations have been straight garbage so far. Yeah, they haven't. Yeah. I'm a little, I think we might have to have a different format for our Oscar cast because I'm not, I'm probably not going to agree whatsoever. If the globe sag, everything is a, is an indicator. Um, but these are two, two movies that I don't think feel like, that much like plays and I think are so well directed and acted that they really shine. Yeah. The, I, I saw one night in Miami and, and the, the acting is, is fantastic throughout that movie. It, it's, it's really impressive. Uh, yeah, those that's are what I did not get to, but I really wanted to. And then I was like, ah, oh, my list is done. I'll, it, it, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't do this. Um, what, what does anybody else want to shout out? Uh, for, for me, uh, promising young woman and fasted night were two that, I, I only just watched this weekend. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, if if I had more time to sit on it, I think Promising Young Woman definitely would have been um, pretty pretty well prominent on my list because I think that's uh, I think it's just it's it's so well done and it's it's I don't know it's it's <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, but Night also uh, takes that as just a it's just a cool stylish movie in sort of a vein that like, you know, as someone that grew up loving um, Twilight Zone, um, I really got into it. It's just so snappily directed and written too. No, oh, the right. Um, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's, it just, it really goes and actually end up watching stuff afterwards, like unsolved mysteries about the, um, the event that it's inspired by. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> that is, that's on a uh, IMDb TV. Of course <laughs> so, it is. Of course it is. So, um, yeah, I, I would just, it was, it's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, American Utopia as well. Nice. Yeah. Um, for me, first cow for sure. Uh, honorable mention as uh, first cow last movie I saw in the theaters. Um, a, uh, I remember specifically being like, I shouldn't get in a subway. I'm just going to walk to Lincoln Squ uh, center. Um, and, and back, um, really great. And, and also, uh, the five bloods, uh, which was, you know, um, I, a little long, but besides, but everything else about it is, is near perfect. So, uh, and for me, I, I also had, uh, the five bloods on my list. It's, uh, it's not great. It's Spike, it's Spike Lee at his most interesting. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think the movie while the movie is a little too long, I think he does some interesting stuff. And I think that um, Delroy Lindo gives like a, a career defining performance uh, that I loved. So that, that was one of my honorable mentions uh, already. What's it's that? 
He's been left off of so many nomination lists already. It's, it's it, make, it makes yeah. no, it makes no fucking sense. Um, but yeah, I think I think that that makes my honorable mention. I, I know, and th- that education had I thought of it, probably would have made my list. And then um, a movie that I still don't know if anybody else has seen yet, uh, Jungle Land. Um, oh, I didn't see that. No, damn. It's uh, with Charlie Hunnam and another English guy. Um, I think it, it's like, what if Warrior was made on an even lower budget with real, but uh, real scummy losers? Um, okay. It, it's the it's FX a, version of uh, Warrior. Uh, maybe it's scummier. Um, okay. It's just a, it's just a scuzzy little indie that isn't really doing a whole lot, um, and you can like feel the desperation in these people's lives in a really uh, interesting way. Uh, so those would have been my uh, my uh, honorable mentions. Nice. All right. It's time for worst of the year. Who would like to nominate something for worst of the year? Well, can do you want do you want to put the the two obvious ones up there first, and then we can talk about other stuff? I want you to nominate one of those two obvious ones first. I I, I, will, I will say the craft legacy. All right. Ooh. Craft legacy thrown up there. All right, Peter. I know which one you want to say. Say it. Well, so there are two. As I said, there's two obvious ones. I, I am so interested in the train wreck that is Doolittle. Oh, yeah. There's just It's just a movie that looks like it cost $800 million, and yet they didn't finish it. Or yet they cut out 9 million things, and they didn't know what they were making the entire time. Mm-hmm. It, it, some of it's it, the Cyberpunk 2077 of movies. Yeah. yeah, they'll finish it one day. Some of Which it, I think. You know, you, yes. you hear all those stories from actors that are like, oh, yeah, sometimes it's really tough to act on green screen. You have to react to a tennis ball. But, you know, like, oh, the director was there, really told us what we were looking at and what to expect and what we felt. This one didn't feel like that happened. Um, that they were just standing in the middle of the room and Robert Downey Jr. was like, OK, follow me and let's go. And there's nothing. It's so terribly stupid. And just a way that I don't know how we got here other than is Robert Downey Jr. like broken and power mad that he's Tony Stark and like can do whatever he wants and yet doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know. Probably. Um, So I'm putting Doolittle up there. Russ? All right. Come on. I don't think there's a worse movie than Antebellum. I got to agree with Russ. Emperor. That, well, that's said. Those were these that and Doolittle were the ones that I thought was like I thought those were the obvious picks. Maybe we would throw some other stuff out, but like I was like I'm I know someone's saying Antebellum. <laughs> I mean, I know Craft Legacy. I think is a good call out. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Run Hide Fight. I mean, also, I can't even be, be that mad at Craft Legacy. It's not for me. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. But I think that like between Doolittle oh. and Antebellum, one of them is like one of them is bad, and then one of them is like disgustingly like horribly um like uh, uh just like oh antebellum is just so bad it it, it 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 actually hurts it's painful yeah it thinks it's I, being so smart yeah it's, it's like do do little you have some sort of idea of what type of movie it was going for and it's shocking how much it missed the mark yeah i you can kind of maybe imagine what Antebellum tried to do, but you're confused how no one said this doesn't work at any time making it. It just seems so misguided that like, and, and you're like you're you're. Um, I, I think it's also just strange to have. Okay, so we we 
you're you're trying to make a movie entertaining that is about like you're this isn't a prestige movie or an oscar movie like you're you're mining slavery for entertainment yeah like and i understand that that's what the, the what's happening in the world but you're still effectively doing that in the film you're not smart enough or deft enough as filmmakers and as men especially to to exercise any sense of nuance so i'm just watching women get abused by white men and raped like i don't want to watch no who who wants to watch that yeah i think i think if we could get together to watch Doolittle, we might have some fun but i don't think i think if anyone in the world said do you want to watch annabelle for yucks i would slap them no not a, yeah not at all definitely not it is uh, it's a it's truly atrocious yeah yep all right well that was quick so 2020's worst movie of the year is once again interstellar followed by <laughs> this is 40 and then annabellum well yeah. it's amazing that amazing spider-man 2 finally slipped down the slipped up I, the charts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys it's time for number ones i'm gonna call on peter who i think has gone last most of these times so peter why don't you start us off with your number uh, one movie here. It's so weird to go last when I want to talk about the first. The first cow, guys. Hey. Uh, hey. Yeah, I don't know. This is just like, I. this is the movie that like, it never left for me. It, I, it's the movie that, as I said, like I, there's a lot of scenes from movies that get stuck in my head and I think about them a lot, but first cow is a feeling that gets stuck. Mm-hmm. And then I get happy, but like in forgetting what happens to the main characters at the end, it's, I yeah. get, happy thinking about this movie and the beginning yeah and it's just it's so it's so beautiful and incredible and it's so quiet and i love its construction because like the most threatening scene other than when they're actually on the run is a conversation that the main characters don't hear yeah they're coming to the house they're like coming up to the house to go bake the cake or whatever and we get to hear the conversation that they walk in on and you're like run the two of you run get the fuck out of here like and it's just the, that sort of feeling. But as I said, still, I think back on it and I just picture that cow in the moonlight being milked. And I'm yep. like, I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. First cow, number one, Moo Moo. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Um, it's great. Um, uh, I would love to hear Alex's number one. Well, Peter, if you think I'm going to steer you in a different direction, uh, that's I am going to cow your nerve no nope. uh, it's first cow fuck it <laughs> it's first cow uh this is my number one what, a, what um, a great day we had watching first cow too we really did and um it's say i mean kind of same like this is it's just such a beautiful film and um it's it's like i, I don't know the the directing the acting everything just sort of like comes together for me in this sort of like this perfect portrait of, of this time and uh, this wonderful friendship. And it's just, it's um, yeah. I, I, I'd be hard pressed to find anything else this year that, that it comes close and it's, it's sort of sat in the same spot <laughs> since the day I walked out of that theater. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, and Tiggs, I want to hear your number one. My number one um, so I believe 
uh, we, 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 you guys talked about it not too long ago and, and I, I hadn't seen it yet because there were like 30 new Hallmark movies that had come out and I was busy watching those. Um, and I believe Peter's comment at the time was, this is the most Tiggs movie to have come out. I can't believe you didn't see it. And that is freaky, which I have not had this much fun watching a horror movie all year, possibly in multiple years. Um, I think that everyone is, is perfect in this movie. I, I, I will watch this movie dozens and dozens more times. Um, the, the, this is the movie that I put on. I was like, oh, maybe I'll play a game while I watch this. This won't be like, I couldn't, I just, I just zoned in, put it on immediately right afterwards. Um, love this movie to death. Uh, I, I, yeah, if you haven't seen Freaky, you probably should. Me, make, makes me think that Vince Vaughn is a, a person, which is the first time that's happened ever. But he's not. So, <laughs> Russ, give me your number Yo, one. Uh, my number one was Minari, y'all. Woo! Um, I don't... I, I just, something. Uh, everything works out. Now, um, it, I just, I, there's, it seemed like there were a, a lot of movies that in some fashion kind of highlight the American dream in some kind of way this year. I don't know what the hell was going on, but I, I think Minari was the best encapsulation of just like what it means to just try to make it in this shithole rat race of a planet and country and still maintain some sense of fun and beauty. I thought the little boy is the cutest person on the planet i the movie actually made me want mountain dew desperately oh yeah uh, uh, as, as, as it related to the scenes with the grandmother and i think that she was so 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 good that she should like if she doesn't win something i i don't understand what we're doing with this world and I think it's just a, a, a really beautiful story about what it is to try to make it and also assimilate at the same time. So making it in two different ways, both financially and also like culturally, I, 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 I couldn't find a flaw in it and I loved it so much. And it, a 24, I think they went a little lighter, easier on us this year. Maybe they knew, you know what? We can't go full A24 on these fools. It's a tough year. Yeah. Um, they started harsh. Them, they started with Swallow. Oh. And then they were just like, mm, well, let's move it yeah, back. Let's, 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 let's pull back. Don't forget, this year was supposed to have a full release for St. Maud and The Green Knight. Yeah. And if the, both of those came out in this calendar year, now I've, uh, some would say I've seen St. Maud already. And <laughs> some might. That is, that is very much an A24 movie. <laughs> Okay, um, but yeah, it, it's just I think Minari kind of just capped off the year in a, in a really great way. Um, I absolutely loved it, and I um, would love to see this beautiful movie that was filmed in America, starring Americans, directed and written by an American, win Best Foreign Film. I, I know. Yeah, it's it, 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 nothing makes me more fucking angry. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, they, they, they don't speak. Fuck you. I, I hate <laughs> I hate so many things, but I love this movie. It was fantastic. That's um, me. Pete. Yeah. 
I know you've so done yeah. some tallying. Yeah, as always, we always, um, as always, we always, uh, uh, no, our number 10 movies get one point. Number one movies get 10 points, counting that direction. Uh, and I tabulate them, you know, as, as one would. Uh, Do we need to start putting in a TIGS differential? I think so. We need to figure <laughs> out something. Yes, the number one movie of the year uh, is not on TIGS's list, which is First Cow. Nope. With 28 points. Which, as as just a highlight, it's a it's a weird total because la- last year we had uh, four, uh, five movies that got at least twenty. This year we have three movies that got at least twenty. Um, I think losing the shared theater experience, yeah, uh, or just like shared theater schedule, uh, had a lot to do with us kind of going in different directions. Yeah, but so in a weird way, first first cow with twenty eight points, not on Tiggs's list. Nope. Minari with twenty three, not on Alex's list. But I think that's because you haven't seen it. I have not seen it. Yeah. And then uh, Sound of Metal with 22, not on Tiggs' list. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> I, that's, that's my favorite. Sound of Metal, I think, is getting those reviews. Of like, oh, my God, it's incredible. And then people are just being like, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of that way with Nomadland. I think it's... Agreed. I'm the same way with Nomadland. It's good, but it's, it's not for me. I think, uh, oddly enough, I don't know if I just have to watch. I'm thinking of ending things. I just haven't thought about it. Since our podcast, I think I did so much thinking about it that and reading and going down that rabbit hole that I was all I, I was like, oh, I need to go do that again. And it was like it was actually a lot of labor. So I don't think <laughs> I'll cute. ever see that. Again. Yeah, that's, I can see that. Completely fair. Yeah, but it, not not to take anything away from it. It's really good, but I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah, it's long, which is the only issue. But yeah, it, well, it's, it's, but. I, as when Alex said it, I do remember loving that conversation. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that, that for me was, was really kind of what kept my excitement of it uh, going. Yeah. This is also another year in which uh, two people have the same number one, which happens only sometimes. Actually, so rare, sometimes very rarely. Oh boy. Uh, I'm time looking through this, but yeah. Um, awesome. Uh, well, the, the Oscar nominations aren't until March. Yeah. Yeah. Who the hell knows? Oscars are what, April this year? And then the awards are April, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Tiggs? You can find us on the web. I guess just as a heads up, we will not be appearing at the Creek in the Cave in Austin, Texas. Are you sure? I haven't heard, to be fair. They could just (laughs) Uh, tweet it out that we're next. Are they going to fly us out? Or do we we get a bus? (laughs) Do you think the taquitos will be as good out there? The flautas is really sorry. Flautas. The flautas, yes, right. Yeah, how will Texas react to Creek in the Cave Mexican food? <laughs> you know what? We'll find out soon. <laughs> I think it sounds like we're hinting at something, but we're not. <laughs> I'm just. We're just waiting for that call. We're just waiting for that call. I would. I would love the first third Thursday. Nick gets a call. It's like, are you guys showing up? Yeah. <laughs> well, then we get bumped. And then they're just like, oh, you're, we're still not going to give you the free drink tickets or something yeah. like that. You know, it would be great. Um, you can find us on the web movie You can find Russ everywhere. Russ Incredible. You can find Peter Letterboxed. Pete, Peter, Peter. You can find me, Letterboxd, Strava, Johnny Tiggs. You can find Alex. That's all. If you look for me. If you I look mean, for yeah, him. You could find Alex. You could find Alex if you wanted to. We're not saying that you should, but he's available. Guys, it's been a year. I think this has been the year of the most podcasts that we've ever done. Um, 
I think we did something. Let's, you know what? Before we end, I should have done this beforehand, but. This might be our busiest year probably since 2012. Um, so we started the year uh, on uh, episode 88. And so, and uh, we ended the year, or we just, uh, with, uh, on episode 120. Um, so 22 podcasts this year, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, and it's been great. And we're going to keep doing it until we can all go outside again, which may never happen. <laughs> I don't know. I'm vaccinated, y'all. Same. All right. Well, Alex, I'm staying in my basement. Well, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Movie Movie Podcast.